Hi filmmakers, Jason Brubaker with Filmmaking Stuff where we show you how to make, market, and sell your movie without the middleman. I'm talking to you from sunny Southern California. I'd like to welcome you to the show. Today I want to talk to you about film distribution. Now I know I talk about film distribution an awful lot and that's because as you probably know I've been working professionally in film distribution for the greater part of my career. So I love to share the types of things that I see from an inside perspective so that as you're out there making your film, you can take some of the things that I'm sharing with you and avoid the silly mistakes that most filmmakers make. So I'm always viewing the filmmaking process through the lens of, okay, what is the product? Is the market large enough to support this product? How are you going to reach this market in a cost-effective plan so that you can have a successful filmmaking biz um, business? And today I want to share a few confessions. Uh, and we can call this Confessions of a Film Acquisitions Executive. Um, and I want to give you some context. Think about it. The old model of film acquisitions or the old model of traditional distribution, what it meant was that if you got a deal, you would give up your film to a distributor for years at a time in exchange for a back-end percentage and maybe, if you're lucky, uh, an upfront cash advance, sometimes referred to or often referred to as a minimum guarantee or an MG. Now, you did this with the idea that, I'm okay, I'm going to make this film, I'm going to sell this film, and then I'm going to move on to my next project, right? And while you were doing that, the distributor would then go out and do all of that crazy business stuff. And if they were a reputable distributor, they'd send you a quarterly statement, hopefully with a check. Now, the model that I'm describing, it worked for decades and decades. And back then, the reason why it worked is because the whole idea of film acquisitions, the whole idea of traditional distribution revolved around access. What distributors had back then was access to places that you couldn't reach. For example, they could get your film into theaters, they could get your film into video stores, they could get your film into big box retailers like Walmart. And because placement in these marketplaces required a significant upfront investment, which meant that the distributor would have to come up with enough money to create the DVDs, to ship the DVDs, to deal with unsold inventory, it represented a huge risk. And as a result, only a select few independent films garnered a decent distribution deal. And this was even back then. So, you know, my confession to you is digital video on demand distribution has forever changed the entire film acquisitions landscape. Access to the marketplace is no longer a barrier, right? And as a result, filmmakers have the ability to get their films into popular marketplaces and they can do so by becoming their own traditional, or I'm sorry, by foregoing tra traditional distribution and becoming their own distributor. So anytime I'm out giving talks at film festivals or sometimes I go to film schools, I did a talk at UCLA, uh, their film program, and one of the questions that I get a lot is, okay, Jason, this is great, but how much money can I actually make distributing it myself in digital? And I understand why you would want to know how much you could actually make, but it is a very misguided question. When somebody asks me that, what they're really asking is saying, they're saying, Jason, I want to start a yogurt shop in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. How much money can I make? I don't know. 
And, and here's the thing that's going on out there in the distribution world. You got inexpensive production technology. It allows you to take $2,000 to your local electronics store, buy a camera, come home, push record, and suddenly you have cinematic results, right? So there's a lot of filmmakers out there that are consistently flooding the market with backyard indies. And here's the interesting thing about film distribution and how it fits into that. These modern film distributors are still trying to pretend that they have the same magical reach as the old traditional distributors, right? But the truth is, with a video-on-demand digital marketplace, there are really no physical costs, right? Okay, sure, you might lay out $5,000 if you want to access all the platforms, and that covers the cost of ingestion, encoding, quality control, review, delivery, and accounting. But at the end of the day, we're not talking about producing and shipping thousands of physical DVDs. And so what that means for traditional film acquisitions professionals is instead of putting up, you know, 50, 60, $100,000 to get a film distributed, now they're putting up a few thousand dollars to get you into the digital marketplaces. So these traditional film acquisitions executives, they still pretend that they have the same magical powers as the days of old, but they're able to, because it represents less risk, they're able to go out in the marketplace and pick up films that they never would have touched years ago, right? So I would say that there's actually more opportunity to, for you to find a traditional or, or the traditional model of distribution with your digital film. But the problem is film distribution is no longer your problem, right? Think about it. Film distribution, if everything that I'm saying is true, it's become a commodity. Virtual shelf space is infinite. So your film revenues or how much money you're going to make in digital ultimately is going to be determined by your ability to go out and hustle. Your ability to go out and reach a congregation of rabid fans who are interested in your type of film. And by the way, you know, even if you decide to explore a traditional film distribution deal, your distributor better darn well have a much better game plan for reaching your desired target audience than you could do on your own. Otherwise, why bother? Because the truth is, if they go out and they tweet and they do an email blast to other filmmakers, how much value is that actually bringing you? Ladies and gentlemen, other filmmakers are not your target audience. I can't, you know, I, 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 it just drives me crazy how many distributors try to pretend that emailing their house list is somehow doing you a favor. The thing that other filmmakers are concerned with is selling their own film. They're not concerned with buying your film. Sorry, your audience exists somewhere else. And let's say that you find a traditional distribution deal that actually makes sense, where they, where they know your market, where they have a lot of experience marketing your film, where they actually have you know, access to some sort of means to cost-effectively promote your film to the people who care about it the most, and they're going to tell you exactly how that money is going to be spent and exactly how your marketing plan is going to be executed. Let's say you have all of those things, which is extremely rare, but let's, hypothetically speaking, say that you have that. What is going to happen on month number two when they're out acquiring 20 more films? Or month number three when they get 20 more films? Now your film is number film 59, right? Because if they're acquiring 20 titles a month, you got 59 other films that are stacked on top of yours. Are you telling me that your film is going to get a whole bunch of love when these companies that might only have 
a staff of 5, 10, 15, 20 people? Are, are you telling me that they somehow have some magical power that they're going to be able to continually, infinitely promote your movie for years to come? In my experience, the answer is no. In my experience, most filmmakers after month number four or five or six are still out there hustling, are still out there if they want to make their, their film and their promotional, um, you know, getting their film in front of people, if they want to make that successful, they're out there doing it themselves. But the flip side here is if they signed a traditional distribution deal, guess who benefits? The traditional distributor. They benefit from your promotional tactics, right? So that means for the next five to seven years, you're going to be giving up anywhere from 10 to 30% or sometimes more on the back end for promotion that you're doing on your own. And the question you got to keep asking yourself is, does it make sense? Does this deal give me enough value over and above what I could do on my own to make it a fair deal? You'll talk to some film distributors and they'll say, yeah, I get all that, but guess what? We're so-and-so and we're awesome and every filmmaker uses us and you should want to use us too. Why? It's based on the ego and emotions. But ladies and gentlemen, filmmakers, let me share with you a, a real confession. Hubris, hubris will not sell your film. So if you want to become a successful filmmaker and you're still in the business planning stage of your film where you're writing a marketing plan, or let's say you're in the film festivals and you're still trying to figure out what you're going to do next. Stop dreaming about incorporating traditional film distribution into your overall plan. Instead, I want you to start thinking of yourself as an entrepreneurial filmmaker. I want you to become fully invested in not just the creation of your film, but I want you to seriously think about the promotion of your film. And at the very least, I want you to find somebody that can work with you to help you go out and identify at least 50 congregations online of people that would be interested in your type of material. And not just that, but I want you to figure out how you're going to, in a very effective manner, reach those people. Because ladies and gentlemen, you don't have to build your audience. Those congregations already exist out there. You just have to figure out where they're at, how to reach them. And if you have easy access to the congregations, ironically enough, film distribution deals will come your way. I've seen it play out time and time again, and, and in the distribution community, we make the joke that the actual films that get a distribution deal are the films that probably didn't necessarily need a distributor in the first place, because they, they represent such a low risk and a high um, probability of reward for the distributor that it's a no-brainer. And, you know, the higher the probability of reward, or at least the perception of reward, the more you have the ability to negotiate your dream distribution deal. So I hope that this podcast made sense to you. If you're interested in finding out more about film distribution, um, I created a product. It's, it's over at howtosellyourmovie.com. Once again, howtosellyourmovie.com. And I hope that you'll pick it up and go through each one of the training modules so that you can kind of ingrain yourself with this type of thinking. It's going to help you. I believe that it's going to be a great investment in your filmmaking career and help you take your career to the next level. All of that said, once again, my name is Jason Brubaker. This has been another Filmmaking Stuff podcast. And as always, stop asking permission. Take action and make your movie now.